Well, hello and welcome to the Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, here on WCF Radio. Today we've got a very important broadcast, part one of a two-part series entitled Exposing Satan's Playbook, How to Win the Battle Every Single Time. Remember, this is a two-part series, so you'll have to tune in again next week at the same time for part two. Now, let's go into the broadcast, part one, Exposing Satan's Playbook. Okay, I'm very excited about this teaching because I believe, honestly, this is something that God has been preparing me to teach for over 25 years. Um, It's something that is a pivotal part of my calling, and, you know, I came from the world, and the Lord showed me the evil and the devices that Satan uses against not only people in the world, but people in Christ, and how we can have complete victory and walk in these things if we understand these concepts. So that's what we're going to go through today. I highly encourage you to take notes, um, to take notes of the scriptures. We're going to walk through Ephesians chapter 6. If you have your Bible, you can turn there, Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to just talk about what God says to do here in verse 10 through 17, because he's very uh, explanatory. He breaks this all down, what we need to do, what the battle is, and how we beat this thing, how we win the battle, and we walk in that complete victory that I often talk about. So very, very important. If we understand the devices of Satan, we are set up for success as a Christian. I don't know if you heard me, so I'm going to say it again. If we understand the devices of Satan, we are set up for success. Now, not only understanding them, but also knowing how to battle them and to go into the courts of heaven and knowing how to go into what I call the war room. And in the war room, I go into the courts of heaven, and that's where I do my warfare and battling. Because although things are happening in the natural, we know that the battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against strongholds and principalities. Now, there's not a lot of people in the church today that really go deep into this. Sometimes you'll sit in a church for many years and you won't even hear anything about spiritual warfare. And yet this is one of the most important things for a Christian, especially a Christian who is walking out their calling in the optimal calling that God has on their life that said, yes, like the prophet Isaiah, send me, I'll go. You've said yes, you've shown up, you are getting information from the Holy Spirit, you're getting what I call downloads as you're spending time in prayer. You're having a two-way conversation, not just a one-way conversation. You're not just asking God, in other words, what you want, but you're inquiring of the Holy Spirit about what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. And it's not just for that season, but it's also for that day. We can inquire, you know, Lord, what do you have for me today? Or Lord, what do you have for me in this season? And we have to take time to hear the Lord and to inquire of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to get into this. These are the devices of Satan. Okay, now let's read. Uh, First, I'm just going to do a little introduction here. So Paul penned these words in Ephesians in the sixth chapter. This was the Apostle Paul who penned these, okay? And he says this in Ephesians 6.10. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So let's stop there. He's instructing us we need to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So it's not by our might, not by our power, but by the spirit of the Lord. It's by, it's by his spirit. It's by his presence. It's by his authority. It's by his strength. We have to understand that. If we try to do it on our own, we're going to fail. Okay? If we try to do it on our own, we're going to fail. We need the strength of the Lord. We have to have the strength of the Lord. Amen? I think this is where a lot of believers get hung up because they'll get a vision And then they try to make it happen on their own. And we know that God often gives the vision and later then gives the provision. So, you know, we just have to show up. We have to say yes, like I said earlier, and show up. And then 
you know, do our part, but we can't do God's part. God can only do his part. So that's why he's saying we have to be fully reliant on him. We have to be strong in the Lord. We got to be faithful because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But we got to understand that we have to rely on his strength and his might. Does that make sense? So let's continue. In 611, it says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Okay, I'm going to continue here because we had a lot to cover. In Ephesians 6.12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So this is one of the most important concepts of Christianity and our faith because we have to understand, although it manifests in the natural we are actually battling a spiritual battle. When we look at the political environment in the United States, a lot of people say pastors don't get involved in politics. But if we apply this concept to it, we understand the political situation, the situation in our schools and universities, the situation with our young people, the situation in our marriage. It's all about a spiritual battle. Now, the main battle in this world is for our soul. The devil wants us to be discouraged. He wants us to walk away from God. The main battle is for your soul and for the soul of everybody else that you know. There is nothing we can take to heaven except souls. That's it. We're not going to take any worldly possessions. We're not going to take anything in this world, no matter how wealthy you are, no matter how much you've accomplished, all the things, the accolades that the world has to offer, the pats on the back, none of that matters other than souls and the state of our heart. And if we're going to be going to heaven, if our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, if we're going to be spending eternity in hell, that's it. So the struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers, against the powers, against the forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, the last part of that verse is very important too because it says in the heavenly places. And a lot of us forget that this battle, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. We are fighting with these forces that are in the heavenly places. That's why it's in the spiritual realm. And this is why it's so significant that we understand. I call it the war room. My prayer closet, you can call it whatever you want. You can go in your car. You can walk around your neighborhood, wherever you can get along with the Lord and go into the war room or go into prayer, deep prayer and intercession, where you're calling upon the name of the Lord and you're specifically understanding how to spiritually war for your family, for your loved ones. If you're not married, that's okay for your future spouse or if you remain single, just for your livelihood, for your life, for your soul for doors that are opened in front of you, for closed doors, for the things that are not of God to shut and the things that are of God to open. So we're constantly praying for God to guide our path, for us to stay on the right course, not to get off the path, not to get off the, 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 the perfect will of God. We don't want to go necessarily into the permissible will of God, although that's okay. We'd rather be in the perfect will of God. And for us to do that, we have to be aligned with his Holy Spirit, which means we have to spend time in prayer and inquire of his Holy Spirit, if that makes sense. So these are very important concepts. Now, if you would continue on, this verse is so powerful. There's so much to unpack here. In Ephesians 6, 13, it says, Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist the devil in that evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. Different interpretations say different things, but the bottom line is we have to put on the full armor of God. We've got to be able to resist the the wiles of the enemy, the things that he tries to do in our life, the the fiery darts of hell. The Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail. And what do we have to do? This is why I talk about standing so often, because the Bible specifically says, after we put on the full armor of God, what do we have to do? Well, we got to resist the devil, because if we resist the devil, he flees. But also, we have to stand. 
Once we've done everything else, stand, 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 stand. There are a lot of people caving, capitulating, giving up, giving in, and that is really how we lose because there's not a lot of ways to lose in Jesus. I want you to understand that. We are, listen, if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and you have the Holy Spirit guiding you in your heart and you're submitted to the Holy Spirit and you're inquiring of the Holy Spirit and you're following what the Lord is instructing you to do each day, you are going to be a successful human being. You are going to be successful in this world and for eternity because you're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. So there is really, it's actually harder to lose in Christ than it is to win. The way that we lose is, is that you basically just have to give up. You got to say, well, I just, I'm done. I give up. You know, you walk away from the Lord or, you know, if you do that, you lose. Or even if you just put your head down and basically say, you know what, I have no fight left in me. Well, then you're not applying this scripture because the scripture is saying we have to rely on his strength and his might. And that's why they even say in the word of God, the apostle Paul said, we got to encourage ourselves in Christ. We've got to encourage ourselves in Jesus Christ. That is a hard thing to understand sometimes because we're in a world that I believe a lot of people uh, are basically walking out what I call microwave Christianity. They want everything to happen real quick. They want it to be easy. They want it to be, you know, right right away, just something very satisfactory, and, and that's it. They don't want to walk through challenges and ups and downs and, you know, mountains and, and desert seasons, okay? But that's what walking out this thing is. You're going to have your valley and your mountaintop experiences in Christ. And that's okay. Because sometimes in our biggest trial is when we have the biggest breakthrough. Sometimes the Lord will turn that around for his glory, just like when I personally, in my testimony, for those of you who don't know my testimony, I actually got stabbed nine times at the age of 23, one in the heart. And the Lord sustained my life, and that was actually my Damascus Road encounter. That's when I changed my life from being a very worldly, very messed up individual into being uh, who I am today. So the Lord used probably the worst situation that's ever happened in my life, being stabbed, having a bunch of scars, having one go into my heart and literally almost dying and then going into the presence of God and the Lord saying, look, do you want to live or do you want to die? I said, Lord, I want to live. He says, well, if you live, you got to tell people two things. Number one, you got to be sold out for me and on fire. And number two, you got to tell people I'm real. And I said, yes, Lord. And he said, well, there you go. And I woke up in the hospital and people said, it's a miracle that you're alive. I knew it was. And God empowered me and anointed me to walk out this calling. Now, has there been tough times since then? That's many, many years ago. Yes. There's been seasons that have been very difficult. People have accused me. I've gone through different challenges over the years. It's not easy. Anybody that told you this thing is going to be easy, they lied to you or they didn't know. But the truth is, is that anybody who's been in Christ for a long time and has been faithful and has been walking out this calling understands that when you're over the target is when you get the most flack. So if you're walking out your calling and you're calling out the, the things of the enemy and you're, and you're being a bold Christian in this hour, you better believe there's going to be spiritual warfare. But God's also given us all the tools that we need. So we have to understand the devices of Satan. So put on the full armor of God. You're going to resist the devil when, when the temptation comes. And having done everything, stand firm. We're going to continue on in Ephesians 6.14. It says, stand firm, therefore, again, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. This means be consecrated. You know, speak truth. Don't buy the lies. Don't fall into the deception. That means we need to have discernment. Discernment is such a critical part of the Christian's life today. We all need discernment because there is so much deception. There is so many lies being pervaded. I call the fake news media the modern-day prophets of Baal. You may like the media. 
But did you know that the media is owned, at least here in America, by six corporations? 90%? That's a fact. And these are the same corporations that are pushing the LGBTQ agenda. These are the same corporations that are woke. And these are the corporations that are paying for your news. So do we trust them? Are they giving us facts? Most likely not. Most likely it's propaganda. Most likely it's, it's an agenda. And I think more people in the body of Christ are waking up to this fact, but I think many are still asleep. So we have to understand that, of course, this world, which has fallen, these corporations, Hollywood, the media, do we really think they're going to be pushing righteousness? Not in this time, not right now. Now, maybe if the church takes the territory back and we take this nation back, then yes. But right now, that's not the case. They are not telling us the truth. So we have to stand firm. We have to gird our loins with truth. That means we've got to be truth seekers. We have to put on the breastplate of righteousness. That means being holy. The Bible says, be set apart, be holy. Be holy, for I am holy. In Ephesians 6.15, it says, and having shod your feet in the preparation of the gospel of peace. What does that mean, the gospel of peace? Well, look at what the devil's trying to do. I mean, he's trying to divide the church. I'm talking about the real church, the ecclesia, the body of Christ. Do you see the infighting? Do you see many people that are, that are anxious? The Bible says be anxious for nothing. All things in prayer and supplication, giving glory to God. But how many people do you know are anxious? They have anxiety. Do you deal with that? That's okay. I'm not condemning you if you do. There is therefore no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. I'm not condemning you. But what I am saying is, is that this is a spiritual battle that you're in. Depression, that's a device of the enemy. Oppression, that's a device of the enemy. We have to understand these are spirits. I know the doctor will try to give you a pill for it, but you can't fix a spiritual problem with a chemical solution. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. It doesn't mean I'm against pills. I'm not against medication. I think God's given us some of those things. But many people are addicted to those things or they go to those things instead of going to God. When we have to go to God first. So we shot our feet in the preparation of peace and that's what we need to do. In addition, Ephesians 6, 16, it says, to all taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all of the flaming missiles of the evil one. Thank God for that because there's a lot of missiles. I don't know about you, but being in the ministry here, we have a lot of missiles coming at us all the time. Where do I fight this battle? I fight it in the courts of heaven. The accusations, the slander, the lies, they are going to come at you because Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's probably not going to go after so much people that are in the world that are already given to sin, that are already on their way to hell. He's going to go after the saints. That's his device. So he's going to be shooting those arrows and those darts and those missiles. But if we have the shield of faith, so this is where we have to understand that even though when you're in the middle of your biggest trial and your biggest test, if you can muster up the faith of a mustard seed, the mountain is going to be moved. It doesn't even need to be a lot of faith. But you, just, you know that you know that you know that God is in control of your life. You know that you know that you know that ultimately the Lord sees and hears your prayers and he sees your situation, and he knows what you're going through. And as you're praying and you're consecrating yourself and you're calling upon the name of the Lord, sometimes you got to fast because it says some things only through prayer and fasting. So fasting is a weapon of our warfare. But you do these things, and the, the gates of hell will not prevail. They will not. They cannot because that is the way the law is written. That is the way it is written. And Satan has to obey the word of God just like we do. And he has no way around it. If you put on the shield of faith, you're going to be protected because that's going to extinguish, not some, it says all the flaming missiles of the evil one. Faith is so important to God. Faith, faith, faith. It's one of the most important things. 
That's why it says without faith, you can't please him. God wants us to have faith. Doubting is another device of the enemy. Doubt, fear, all of that. He uses these things to try to separate us from God. But what does the scripture say? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall persecution, shall famine, shall nakedness, shall peril or sword? Nothing. Nothing shall separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. And it's his love that casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Hallelujah. So number one, the lie. Satan uses to devour us is the lie. That's one way he tries to devour us. He's a liar. Satan used this method on Adam and Eve. If you're taking notes, you can go to Genesis 2.16 or 17.3, through 4. Because they ate of the forbidden tree. They died spiritually and began to die physically from that day on. Satan used this method on Judas. He lied to Judas. He lies to us today. He has deceived many of us into believing there's no hell. Some people say, and they're right, Satan's biggest lie is that he doesn't exist. The people that are proclaiming atheism, they're some of the the people that have the most faith out of anybody because if you can believe that we came from a big bang, wow, you have faith. Where did the big bang come from? I mean, just logically, think about it. Did we really come from an ape? Where did the ape come from? It's like, who came first, the chicken or the egg? It doesn't make any sense. But yet, it's a way for people to ignore their sin. It's a way for people to to think that they're getting away with their sin by saying God doesn't exist because then you don't have to have any moral compass, really. Anything goes. That's the world that we're in today, and that's why the world is such a mess. And Jesus is the answer. Satan is a liar. Okay, once he convinces people to think that there's no hell, then there's little trouble persuading them to follow the philosophy, let us eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. He says, drinking won't hurt you. There's a lot of people that are addicted. He says, it's good for you. He says, it leads to a good life. He doesn't tell us the terrible consequences of drinking. He doesn't tell us that it destroys our health, our families, and leads to temptation, accidents, and condemnation. You know, there's so many different things that we can talk about that he, he lies to us about. You know, the, he, he, it's, he looks at what we long gaze at. What are you looking at? You know, I'm not against dancing. I mean, dancing is fine, especially if you have a spouse. But, you know, seductive dancing is wrong. You know, because what that does is it causes people to lust, and the lust of the flesh is sin. And so sometimes, you know, you'll be on a business trip or You'll be out somewhere and maybe your spouse isn't there or maybe, you know, even if you're single and there's, there's a temptation and, and Satan opens a door and then we have to make a decision. Do we want to walk through that door of temptation and do we want to then have the consequences that we'll have to deal with after going through that temptation? So he's a liar. He makes it look like the grass is greener on the other side. I always say if the grass is greener on the other side, you're probably not watering your own lawn because if you took care of your own lawn, the, the other side grass wouldn't look better. But we have to understand the devices of Satan. He's a liar. Number two, Satan uses scripture to devour the saints. How does he do that? Because he knows the scripture so well. Think about it. He knows the scripture. He perverts scripture. In fact, if you want a verse that will, you know, accommodate that and say, yes, that's actually what he does. You can go to Matthew 4, 6. Uh, You can go to Psalm 91, 11, and 12. Satan perverts scripture. Many people today are led astray by a sermon filled with scriptures. They think that the lesson filled with scripture must be true. Not always the case. Satan has ministers who appear to be righteous but pervert the scriptures and lead uh, precious souls to eternal damnation. 
So we've got to be careful. You know, the Bible says that there are false apostles, there's deceitful workers, there's dis- uh, people disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. Christ, These are wolves in sheep's clothing. And uh, it also says that no wonder for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. I always tell people, Satan is not going to knock on your door in a red outfit with horns. He's going to come in as an angel of light. He's going to look like a better opportunity. He's going to look like, you know what? Uh, your wife, she's this, she's that, you know, all these issues. But look at over there. That's perfect. That's the bet. You need to get rid of your situation. God made a mistake. You made a mistake in getting married. Now, I'm not saying if you're divorced, that's the end all be all because, you know, there's different situations. There's even times in the Bible where it says it's okay to get divorced. And this is an area where the church uh, is very condemning. And sometimes they shame people for getting divorced when actually the Bible says it's perfectly fine in that case. If somebody cheated on you, the unbeliever left, there's different scenarios where divorce is okay. I don't want you to get hung up on something that's happened in your past. If you're divorced, if you're single, it doesn't matter. God is not a respecter of persons. And the old things are thrown away in the sea of forgetfulness. If you've repented of a sin that you've committed, no matter what it is, because trust me, I've committed many sins in my life, you've repented and you've walked away from it, that's all God wants. But we need to talk about the things is as a believer, Satan is using these devices He wants us to think, as a married person, if you're married, he wants you to think, hey, that person's a better fit for you. So divorce your current spouse and do it in the name of Christ. That's not the scripture. Now, again, there are certain instances where it's okay to leave. There are certain instances where God says, yes, divorce is permitted in this case. But not just because we think the grass is greener on the other side. We have to be careful because this is a device of the enemy. Oh, look, they're so good in ministry. They're so much better of a fit for your calling. So all you need to do is walk away. Yeah, but there's a plan in that. There's a plan in that. And the devil has a plan in that. And so we need to be prayerful. We need to be mindful. We need not to get caught up in the devices of the enemy and the lies. He is a liar. There are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. Uh, Therefore, it's not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their deeds. So we got to just be careful about these things as you know, always test the spirits. Always make sure that it's in the mouth of two or more witnesses. You're, you know, the Bible says in the mouth of two or more witnesses, his word shall be established. In the mouth of two or more witnesses. So if you're unsure about something, ask the Lord to confirm it. It also, by the way, should already confirm in the word of God. There's a lot of people giving words and some of them are great. Some of them are Holy Spirit inspired, but some people are just speaking out of their flesh to give a word and they'll give a word. And if you just take that word and you've never heard what that person's saying before. God has not spoke that to you. It has not been confirmed in the mouth of two more witnesses. It's not confirmed in his word. And they're just saying something to say it. Then that's not of God. It has to be something that is in alignment with his Holy Spirit, in alignment with his word, and in alignment with probably what God is already speaking to you or somebody in your alignment or close in your life. They've already said this to you, or it's a confirmation, or it bears witness in your spirit. But I think a lot of people are led astray because they just go by what another person says, and it doesn't confirm, and it's not in the word of God. It is not aligned with the word of God. And then they go, you know, hey, you're called to move to this place okay, the prophet said I'm called to move there. And then you just move there. And then all of a sudden you're like, why isn't this working out? Now God will fix it. He'll redeem the situation, but you can really save yourself from a lot of, you know, hurt and just a bunch of bad things that would happen in your life if you make sure that it's the Holy Spirit. One of my mentors used to say, was it the Lord that said that or was it Lord Vader? (laughs) We don't want it to be Lord Vader. We want it to be 
the Lord. We want it to be the Holy Spirit. And that's why it bears witness in the Spirit of the Lord, and it bears witness according to his word. Very important concept. So Satan uses the scripture. He tries to distort it. He tries to pervert it. Look what's happening with marriage. And there's a big infiltration even in the body of Christ where people are trying to now say it's okay for a man and a man to be married. It's okay for a woman and a woman to be married. That is not true. The Bible never said that. They're distorting scripture. They're using certain scriptures. You hear this uh, phrase, love is love. And you know, that's not true because the Bible says what love is. The agape love is from the father. It's pure. It's holy. It's righteous. It's in accordance to his word. It bears witness in the spirit of God. It doesn't change or distort scripture in any way, shape, or form. In fact, the Bible says, do not change anything in the word of God. Nothing. The Bible is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Those that are trying to change it, distort it, pervert it, those are liars. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. They are trying to make it sound good. That's what the devil has always done. That's one of his main devices. He did it in the Garden of Eden. Well, did God really say that? And that's what he'll say. Did God really say you can't cheat on your wife? Did God really say you can't cheat on your husband? Did God really say you can't do this or you can't do that? Listen, you know and I know when it's sin, but we willingly say yes to it. We willing, and it usually doesn't just happen overnight. It usually is something that the devil has been inching, inching, inching just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. That's how he comes. He doesn't knock on the door in the red suit with the horns. He comes as an angel of light. He comes very slow, sometimes very, very methodical. He, you know, it, it, it's what you long gaze at. It's what you've been staring at. He knows what you want. He hears what you're saying. He can't read your mind, but he knows what you want. And this is why so many good and anointed people fall because they fall into the trap because they think it's God, but it's not God. They didn't inquire the Holy Spirit. They didn't have elders and mentors and people in their life that they were accountable to, but instead they just went ahead and did it. You know, thought it was God. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things. We have to have discernment. We have to have wisdom. We have to know the scripture. That's why the Bible says, study yourself to be approved. This is another problem in this hour, is that many people are not lovers of the word. They don't know the word. You may be Christian. You may be saved. Your name may be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but how often are you actually studying the scripture? Faith comes from hearing. Hearing from what? The word of God. A lot of people are spending a lot of time on social media, a lot of time on all these other sites and checking this out and checking that out and reading people's books and, hey, look, books are great. But if you're not getting in the word of God, you're missing the most important thing. I call it the basic instructions before leaving earth, the Bible. God literally gave us a roadmap. He gave us an instruction man manual for life. Think about that. We have an instruction manual for life. How amazing is that? Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. You can go to pastortodd.org for more information and we'll see you again next week for part two.